when wine is on trial, the gossip is dishy, the judges are drunk, the verdicts are random. This is True Crimes Against Wine. All right, welcome to True Crimes Against Wine. That's Topher. That's Rachel. And today... This is our very special sidebar, Minisode. Yes, so we will be answering questions that you all submit to us about drinks, cocktails, wine pairings, celebrities, whatever you want. We are happy to answer it. Any any burning questions that you have, we're going to do our best to answer them for you. Yes, all right. Well, let's approach the bench. Cheers. Cheers. And what's our question today? Okay, so this question comes from Ben. He asks, why do some wines taste like different fruits? You guys talk about Sauvignon Blanc tasting like grapefruit, but it's just grapes, no grapefruit juice, right? Why does wine taste like wine? Which is an excellent question, Ben. Why does wine taste like wine is a very good question. So, first of all, you are correct in your assertment that there is no grapefruit or grapefruit juice in Sauvignon Blanc. It is just grapes. I think you can make a good mix, though, if you really wanted to. Well, so, okay, so here's the deal. Here's the deal. We all know that there is such a thing as fruit wine, obviously. Yes. If you've seen your Shit's Creek. Yep. You know Herb that Moira Erlinger. loves her fruit wine. Yes. Gentleness of crown apple. There's also sangria, which is a cocktail technically, but is wine based. And then they add fruit and then sometimes yeah. different liquors or liqueurs as mm-hmm. well. However... When you think about, for instance, the AVAs, the American Viticulture Areas, which are the wine regions Mm -hmm. here in America, and then all of their European counterparts, South American, wherever, as the case may be, those places have really strict laws as to what can go into the actual wine itself, how they're fermenting things, how long, what the strength Mm -hmm. of the alcohol is, even down to which grapes are allowed to be grown in which regions. Mm -hmm. So... Okay. You can rest assured that anything coming from those regions is just going to be grapes. And yet, you say I cannot say that a wine tastes like grapes whenever you ask me this, Topher. And here's the reason why. There are really just a few main reasons why wines taste the way that they do. Okay. Since the example in the question was Sauvignon Blanc, I'm going to roll with that just to make things a little simpler Mm -hmm. and easier. Sauvignon Blanc is the varietal of the grape. That okay. means the type of grape that it is. That's the number one reason why any wine is going to taste the way that it does. It's just inherently what is in the flavor of that mm-hmm. particular grape, what it's reminding you of. Sauvignon Blanc is known as a grape for having the citrusy grapefruit note to it. And okay. that's just going to be universal. So when you taste any Sauvignon Blanc, then will you taste grapefruit? You should be able to pick up on grapefruit pretty easily. Yes. Okay. The amount or the type of grapefruit or the quality or condition of the grapefruit, that can vary for a lot of other reasons, Okay. such as the region. So Sauvignon Blanc mm-hmm. is grown actually all over the world. It's grown in South America. I've actually even had a Sauvignon Blanc from India that was really interesting. Interesting. It was very interesting. But it's mostly known in three different regions. Your California Sauvignon Blancs are going to be obviously something that's very popular and very accessible if you live here in the States and you're going to any grocery store. But the French and the New Zealand versions are really what saturates the market. Mm -hmm. Those are the main styles of it. And those are very different from each other as we've seen through some of our previous episodes, mm-hmm. you really get that super grapefruity, breakfasty wine flavor mm-hmm. from the New Zealand. That's a lot to do with the region 
the quality of the soil, the climate, all of that. But there's also a little bit in terms of the technique of the winemaker. Okay. And that can go into everything from when you're harvesting the grapes, Mm -hmm. meaning the ripeness of them, Mm -hmm. to actually how long you're fermenting them and what you're aging them in, things like that. And those are all personal choices as well. Okay. All right. So it's the variety of the grape, the conditions the grape was grown in, and the winemaking process. Absolutely. Okay. For example, when I was doing one of my internships out in Willamette Valley in Oregon, Mm -hmm. we would get up in the mornings and I would go with the winemaker Mm -hmm. to the different vineyards that he was purchasing his grapes from. And there was one particular vineyard that was really cool. It was along the slope of the bottom of this mountain. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, the grapes towards the top were getting a different light condition and longer light than the rest of the grapes down towards the bottom. So they were ripening faster. So he'd actually already harvested about two thirds of that vineyard and then left the rest of the grapes. And the reason he did that was because he wanted to create a different sort of blend going on with the grapes at the very bottom with some other grapes from other vineyards because the conditions were so different and they had a prolonged sort of slower ripening process than the ones that were in kind of the warmer, sunnier areas at the top. Interesting. So when you talk about a blend, then does it have to be a blend of different kinds of grapes or grapes just grown in different conditions or both? It can be both. That's a wonderful question. Thank you. It's <laughs> it's usually going to refer to different types of grapes. However, when you are looking at different Pinot Noirs from this particular region in mm-hmm. Oregon, a lot of times what they are doing is taking grapes from different vineyards mm-hmm. that are in the same area, obviously, but the conditions are so different there in terms of the soil, the light exposure, the climate. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so it can create some really fun blends where they're all Pinot Noir But now you're taking kind of the best of the qualities of these different areas and putting them together in one bottle. That's really cool. Yeah. So when you're thinking about flavor for your wine, you have to realize that there are also some things that you can be doing at home that are going to alter or optimize the flavor of your wine as well. Okay. One of those is going to be aeration. Mm. We know this to be more commonly as decanting. And here's the thing about decanting is you really can't ruin a wine by decanting it even if it's a wine that's not necessarily meant to be decanted it's not going to ruin it will it always help it or no it won't always help it but it's not going to hurt it so it's at the worst neutral exactly okay decanting can be something really fun i like to do that especially with some of my bigger bolder reds when i'm like Like big bold red you know it that's Uh, what tofer calls me It's true. <laughs> What's well, your legal name? So it is. Oh no. Um. Now my identity's been revealed. <laughs> but no, like if you're having a date night at home and you guys are cooking together or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be, it's always great to decant that as you're starting to prep your meal. And then by the time you're sitting down, mm-hmm. most likely it's going to be like at that perfect state. And what you're okay. doing is you're allowing the oxygen to interact with it in a limited amount of time. And also, it's just opening up those flavors. It's getting to a different temperature than it would be normally. Okay, so is temperature another thing that affects? Temperature is extremely important. Yeah, Um, we've seen that a little bit with some of the rosés and things. Yeah, so typically your whites and your rosés are going to want to be chilled between 45 to 50 degrees. However, as you've seen... If it's really, really cold, it can be really difficult to pick up on some of the nuances of the flavors, yes. which is totally fine if you're just chilling with it and you're like not trying to think about it. Right. That's great. But if you're like doing a wine tasting and you're trying to really delve into the then glass. Then you want to have it at a better temperature for that wine. Yeah. So okay. that, and that's, that's one of those things where it's totally personal preference as well. When it comes to reds, I would say 55 to 65 degrees is ideal. 
Okay. Um, that's why when you go to a restaurant, they do keep their reds in a cooler. It's just not like a refrigerator at home. So okay. if you wanted mm-hmm. to duplicate that at home, basically what you can think about is for a light body, high acid wine, like a Pinot Noir or mm-hmm. a French Cab Franc, you're going to want to put that in the refrigerator for about 90 minutes or so to get it to the ideal temperature to drink. Okay. If you're going for something that's going to be a lot bigger and bolder, like a California cab that's more tannic, then you're going to want to chill for only 30 to 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. And that's going to help you get the optimal flavor that the winemaker was trying to put into it. Okay. Having said that, I don't do that at home, to be honest with you. I just open it up and drink it. it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Unless it's a white and then I like it chilled. I have a lot of friends who enjoy chilling their reds to the same temperature that their whites are. Mm -hmm. And I think that's completely a personal preference. Mm-hmm. And much like the aeration and the decanting, I think that you should experiment with that however you want to. So and there's then, some flexibility with it. Oh, 100%. Okay. Because at the end of the day, wine is meant to be enjoyed by you. You are not sitting at home taking a test right now. Like this is something that you're supposed to be enjoying. What if you are drinking wine and taking a test? It depends on what the test is on. Okay. <laughs> if it's on temperature, then... <laughs> okay. okay, fair enough. So the final thing that you can think about doing when you're drinking wine at home is experimenting with the proper glassware. There actually huh. is a specific glassware for just about every varietal of wine, at least the major ones. Okay. And they're all <laughs> shaped differently. And the reason that they're shaped that way is because of the way that the oxygen is going to interact with them in the glass, mm-hmm. as well as how it's going to hit your nose and then your palate. So you shouldn't just go to Ikea and just buy some generic wine glasses. You totally can. <laughs> Which is not what I did at all. What I'm saying, though, (laughs) is that it's really fun to experiment with those glasses. And what I learned is that my husband and I, for instance, have two completely different preferred glasses that we like to drink the same wine out of because it does change the flavor. And it's really fun to do a tasting like that where you've got like three different types of glasses and then you pour them into different shaped ones and you see how it alters the taste of the wine. Huh, something for us to maybe try sometime. Yeah, we could do a fun video of that for our listeners. Yes, we could. So yeah, so those are basically the main things that you can do at home if you want to have a little bit of fun and experiment. And like I said, I would really encourage you to experiment as much as you can with the temperature, the aeration, and the different types of glassware and see what your preference is. Because honestly, at the end of the day, it's for you to enjoy. And if some snob is going to tell you in your own home that you're not drinking it out of the right glass or at the right temperature, you can tell them to go fuck themselves. Because this is how you like it. Yeah, and why are they in your home anyway? You're just trying to drink wine in private. Exactly. Get that stranger out of your house. Exactly. So if you want to ask us some more questions about experimenting with glassware or those temperature aeration, like Topher said, or anything else. Anything. If you want to know about wine pairings or have a question about a certain type of wine, Mm -hmm. any type of wine etiquette, like we're here for you. Do it. Anything. We're here for it. So you can email us at truecrimesagainstwine at gmail.com. Or find us on Facebook and Instagram at truecrimesagainstwine. Yep. All right. Thank you. See you later. Bye. Bye.